event planner or organizer looking for a keynote speaker with a fresh new perspective that packs a serious punch? Someone who captivates your audience and inspires them to create lasting changes in their lives. Someone who has a compelling story to share that will leave your audience believing in themselves like they've never done before. I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, host of this podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, and I am your girl. To book me as a speaker for your next event, go to RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. This is a really exciting time for my podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, because it is my first podcast series and really the first time I've opened up my podcast to have guests on my show. I was inspired by International Women's Day and I felt like I was called to do this series from God or the universe. I just felt like he brought these amazing women into my life and gave me a platform to allow me the opportunity to share their stories with women all over the world. I'm blessed to be surrounded by these incredible women and it would be extremely selfish if I kept them and their stories all to myself. So I'm really excited to share them with you guys. They are filled with life lessons and valuable tips and advice on how to overcome the toughest challenges that life has thrown our way. You guys, like you guys though, you guys are in for a serious treat with this series. So be sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new episode launches and please leave me a review on my podcast to show your love and support. I would be so grateful. On this episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, we're going to be talking to my friend Alicia. And so Alicia is somebody who I met through the Rachel Hollis Rise community. Uh, We had both gone to the Rise conference in Toronto when it happened, like right before COVID. And so, uh, but we didn't end up connecting until like later down the line. So it's just crazy how this all happened and how it worked out. Um, but ever since I have gotten to know Alicia, I have just fallen in love with her. She is such a beautiful person inside and out. And I know that all of our listeners are going to love what she has to say. So thank you, Alicia, for being on my podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words. I mean, I love you and adore you as well. And it has been just an absolute pleasure pleasure getting to know you more and more. And so thank you so much for having me on here today. So much love. I love it. (laughs) Um, So why don't we start by let's just start by telling our listeners just a little bit about you, about who you are, what you do, stuff like that. Oh, I'm Alicia. Um, I live in the Niagara area um, in Ontario, Canada, and I am I'm single, um, Asian. I recently turned 50 which is so exciting, Um, (laughs) which is something I actually never used to be so excited about, but I am excited about this. So I'm in a bit of a transition phase in that, um, and I'll kind of 
kind of share a little bit, but professionally in that, um, before I'm a structural engineer, so I've kind of uh, moved away from that. And now I'm on this new path of just really finding out who I truly am and doing the things that I love. Um, I've gotten into a little bit of workshop um, and, and also like retreats, creating retreats for women. That's a little bit of who I am these days. I'm an aunt to two nieces and then a fur niece as well recently so <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's so cool yeah I love your I just love your story in general how you are an, an engineer and now you are like following your dreams and doing things that actually make you happy because life is too short to be in a career that's not fulfilling and you just have so much more potential and so much more to offer the world than what people like label you as what your career is you know and I think that a lot of people get so caught up in titles and stuff like that. And they really let the titles define who they are. And we're so much more than what we do for work. So I think it's amazing. We're talking on this series uh, about International Women's Day and highlighting some of my favorite inspirational women, which is you. And so uh, we're talking about challenges that we've faced and overcome. So can you tell me about a time in your life where you faced a significant challenge? So I think one of my biggest challenge actually was the decision for me to leave my thriving professional career. Um, so in 2017, I made that decision, but it definitely came, I mean, it didn't happen all of a sudden in that. It was definitely a, a journey of a number of years of really going through trying to decide like what to do and what not to do. Um, I come from, so my dad is actually an engineer as well. And so he has his he had his own um, consulting firm. And so I actually started working with him right after I graduated from university. It was supposed to be a temporary thing because I was going to um, work off my student loans and then eventually make my way to Toronto because, you know, who doesn't want to make it to Toronto when you're young and live the, <laughs> yeah. the life and stuff, right? <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> and so for whatever reason, though, like over the years, I ended up staying um, and then just kind of, I think part of just really, really becoming familiar and comfortable in my role um, and then stayed and then was being groomed to eventually take over the business. Um, and so then I think around 20, 2012, so about five years prior to me leaving, I started to really struggle um, with my career choice. And just even whether it was something I had chosen or was it something I was obligated to do? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I could do the work and I was good at it, but I wasn't happy and um, I was really being haunted sort of by the fact that I was probably not living up to my fullest potential, right? Like sort of what we were, you were just saying in that. And I remember like this quote, like by Dale Carnegie, and he says like, the biggest plight of the human condition is knowing that we have more to give the world and not live into your full potential. Right. And so yeah, so for me, it was this, I'm very faith-based in that. And so I grappled with the thought of like, you know, at the end of my life, when I go and face my, my creator and that, like, can I really account for me using all my gifts, talents, and skills that I've been given sort of to the best of my ability? And was I able to serve the world the way that I was meant to serve? And mm. so that was where I was really struggling, just feeling like... I could do engineering, but it wasn't filling those other parts. And I felt like there was a missing piece or, or missing pieces and stuff to, yeah. to that fulfillment. What kind of work, like what kind of work were you doing? So I'm a structural engineer mm -hmm. and that's so um, under the umbrella of civil. But so I actually designed anything from like houses to high rise, like um, apartments or high rise hotels. Oh, wow. Um, so 
Yeah. So any of the like sort of the infrastructure of a building, right? So from the foundation to the supporting columns and beams and floor structure and roof structures and all those. All wow. That, that so. is like quite the responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> it for sure came with a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of, um, yeah, responsibility and just feeling the the heaviness of, you know, you have people's lives at stake yeah. in that, that are entering these buildings. And then, you know, to add on any sort of environmental effects as well in that, you have to take into consideration. And so all those things to try to remember was... Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can't imagine. That's so crazy. Uh, so, so at this time in your life where you were kind of starting to feel like it wasn't fulfilling your, your soul and your purpose and stuff like that. So can you just tell us about like, like what happened to lead you to discover that that was like, that wasn't, you were not going to continue doing this anymore. And like, how did you feel in like the darker moments of that decision? Um, I think like during that time, I was, I mean, I was really miserable. I was probably not, not a version that I think people now recognize me as. Um, I was, yeah, I was grumpy. I, I felt trapped and that was, was really sort of that feeling that, um, in some ways I felt like my job was actually suffocating me because I, um, I was, I was unsatisfied. Right. Like, and so then it was like, but at the same time in that, like, um, I was feeling the responsibility one, because it was a family run business. There was, um, you know, responsibility there, obligation there. Um, and also like not wanting to disappoint my, my family as well. Right. And so, but like, so it was this weird balance in that. And I was noticing that no amount of money that I was earning in that, like it's, it's a good paying job and you know, and you make good money, but I, I was feeling unfulfilled and really unhappy. And so it was this part where you're like, you know, people always say you can buy happiness with money. It's, it's so untrue in that because it's like when you're deep down feeling a void or that you're feeling like, you know, you can't breathe in what you're doing money just money isn't the answer in that and so and then to add on that responsibility piece and that was like those parts where I felt in some ways really um a sense of hopelessness actually like it was just like really you know I didn't know what to do and how to get out of it and not disappoint everybody and not bring bring shame to my family like all those pieces um and, you know, and I and I I think like sort of even culturally, like the way that I was raised, um, one of one of the biggest things is you don't want to bring, you know, shame to your family, like honor and respect is huge. And so for me to want to leave, like, you know, leave the career that I had been trained to do, but also to leave like a family business that I'm being groomed to go into and that like, and my parents were so proud of that. And so like how to navigate all those feelings and, and, and it was actually coming at a bit of a cost to my own um, happiness. And I was sacrificing my own happiness by trying to stay in that job. Yeah, like that's I can imagine that being so challenging, like just the different elements to that, like it would be hard enough to just decide that your career is not fulfilling you, uh, let alone, like you said, it's a family business, too. So you have your family involved and it's your career. Like those are two like of the most important parts of a human being's life is their career and their family. So how like what? What did you do? Like, how did, did, was your family supportive or like what actually happened when you, when you were on your last day, let's say? I mean, I kind of had to groom my dad in a bit of the, you know, not reverse psychology, but like just kind of like, you know, I was dropping hints and that like, you know, um, it was a season also that um, I started to allow myself to be curious of what are the things that are going to light my soul on fire? Like, what are the things that I haven't been doing? And I think sometimes like, you know, we we can easily um get 
I don't know, get trapped in the day to day, right? Like you're doing work and then you come home, you're tired, you have no extra energy or time to do something else. It wasn't until I started to allow myself the permission, I guess, in a way to be curious of what are some things that I wanted to do. And so, I mean, so one of the things we discovered, like, so my older niece and I, like when she was born, my sister and I discovered, like, you know, when you want to get a cusp cake meet in that, like how expensive it was and just even the ordeal of trying to find somebody and, you know, and this was this was back like I don't know 20 2010 or 2011 and stuff and that and it was like there weren't as many places now as there are like and like social media wasn't as big and and so we're like it was like such a gong show for us to try and find a place and so ended up like I said to her like I think I was at Michael's the one time and I said you know what I think like I think maybe I can like, you know, learn how to do this, like, you know, just to, yeah. just to like decorate cakes and cupcakes and stuff. That's and so, so, so that, yeah, so that ended up like just leading me into like dabbling into like, you know, a little bit of cake decorating. Um, and so then I had a little side hustle doing that. Um, I also tried some direct sales, so some multi-level marketing um teaching and selling essential oils, which is something I still do. Um, there's a part of me that really loves sort of that holistic alternative medicine. Yeah. Um, and, and I think like, yeah, it was just like this, this season where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start exploring. Like, what are the things that I I want to try. I like joined beach volleyball. I did soccer. I did like, you know, it was just so cool. You're like doing everything (laughs) just to see, right? Just to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, well, I don't really know what I want to do, but I'm just going to just going to flex my my like, you know, muscles to try everything (laughs) and anything. (laughs) And I love that. That is such and great so, advice yeah. for people. Like if you're feeling trapped and like, cause a lot of people do feel that way and they don't know, like they don't even know what they like to do for fun and, and just, you know, do Alicia's approach, just try everything and see what you actually love yeah. to do. Right. That's so good. Right. Cause that's the only way you kind of know whether you like it or you don't and that. Right. And so, um, yeah, like, and so then it kind of, it was funny, like as I was doing these things, then these random opportunities started to pop up and that, which is like one of the, I don't know as much as maybe synchronicity or it's like, you know, just sort of that, um, like law of attraction or whatever it is and that it just kind of opened up these doors and so I ended up um, I got an opportunity that was offered to me to work part-time at my church Um, and so then so there's all these different things that were landing I had the side business with the cakes and that so then it ended up giving me the confidence to to end up actually deciding that I'm going to step back and step back from engineering. It took a little bit of like, you know, about two years of just sort of like pulling back, like going, mm-hmm. going to like, you know, three quarter time, going down to like half time. And then like eventually like just slowly weeding myself out of out of like the the business because it's like because it's a family business right it's it's not like I can like one day just quit and be like see you later yeah (laughs) that makes sense totally it was a bit of a bit of a phased in process of me backing away from the business but but yeah like it was just um I think part of it was the the growing curiosity and then just knowing that that Actually, I would rather do that than regret not trying out these new opportunities and sort of taking that leap of faith. So, yeah, that's such a great mindset to to go from that. And like, I honestly think that, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people have these stories of like, you know, oh, I was really unhappy at my job. So I just quit it. And then I just followed my dreams. And, and that's not really the reality for most people. And it's not really a smart route to take. Right. So I love your approach of like, you know, you're like, you're just 
you're slowly weaning off of it. You're, you know, going to part time and doing what you love on the side, because if people can just do that and scale back at the job, that's not fulfilling and then fill their time with something that is, then like you said, you'll realize how happier you are and how much more fulfilled you are by doing the other things instead of filling your time with, with a job that's, like you said, you just get into the habit every single day, go, go to work, come home. And it's just like this, this ongoing habit of unhappiness. And so in order to break that habit, you need to like create space in your life to fill with more inspiring things. So I think that that's a really great approach that you took to like scale back and also be open-minded to the fact that you, you just don't know what you like and just try all of these different things and see what sticks. That's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I think I think it's it's letting go. I think, you know, we're in the society where we feel like things have to be perfect. Like mm-hmm. I have to have all these steps, all these all these different like, you know, mile markers that have to be in place before I take that leap and that. And sometimes you kind of have to take the leap and kind of move backwards, like, you know, and then totally. things, will, things will fall into place in that. And I think even for myself and that I'm still on this journey, like it's still OK. And mm-hmm. that like you can continue to try different things and and the more you try different things the more you learn about yourself right and you know what you like and what you don't like so yeah I love what you said too about how as soon as you kind of started to fulfill your soul and your you know find fulfillment and happiness in your life then all of these opportunities opened up and happened to you because I find in my life, like this year specifically is a year where I've decided that I'm just going to do like, I'm going to focus on my strength instead of focusing on weaknesses, which is what I've always done in years past. I'm like, I suck at this. I should work on this. But then if you, if you're only focusing on what you suck at, you're only going to get to a higher level of suckiness. You know what I mean? You're never going to be great at something. And so I just found like, what if I just, hone in on what I'm actually really good at and just try it and see, because you can always improve upon it. And in fact, if you keep improving on what you're actually gifted at, then I don't know. I just think that amazing things will happen. And I've noticed already in just such a short period of time that like, there's so many more opportunities coming to me that would have never happened if I just you know, kept working on my weak areas and kind of been miserable and chugging along and stuff. So I think that's really cool. And a quote that I found recently is actually um, from the Bible. And it was saying that if you follow your gift, that God will make room for you. Meaning that if you just do what God made you to do, he will bring opportunities to you. And so I think that that is really a cool, like, quote from the Bible. And I'm like, I'm just going to run with that because that sounds awesome. (laughs) Yes, I love that. That's a great approach. And I think that that's just something we've never been taught to mm-hmm. to do, right? Like all through grade school, I remember, like it was always like, oh, if you got a bad grade in this one subject, then you were yeah. like told to like, you know, disproportionately spend time on this thing. But if you're if you're not wired to do that thing mm-hmm. and that like you can spend umpteen amount of hours and it still yeah. isn't going, it can get to like be mediocre, but like yes. put all that energy into something that you're not good at. And yeah, I love that. That's an an amazing approach. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's so true. That's so cool. So, um, so how did you find, like, how did you overcome this challenge then of going from, like, did you feel, did you feel that your job title kind of defined you in a way that you were this, um, engineer, like that's a pretty big title to have. So did you feel kind of a little bit of insecurity, like, like stepping away from that? Yeah, for sure. I think like um, so much of my identity at that time and that was really tied to my title. And I think like even just part of my wiring in that as an achiever in that, like mm-hmm. accolades and titles and achievements and stuff are are important. Um, part of the learning, though, was realizing um, 
that we are so much more than just a title, but it for sure didn't happen overnight and that it's taken a long time, a lot of self-development and that to realize that my worth and value isn't based on letters that I put after my name or the the title underneath my name and that. Um, yeah, it, it for sure took a, a, a lot of work, making sure I was working on that to increase my confidence in different areas and and I think like kind of where you're talking about like the more we can lean into our strengths the more that we can then realize that that is what identifies who I am as opposed to needing a title and that because I I find sometimes like even titles in that is where we have that whole um, imposter syndrome come in because Mm -hmm. we're like giving ourselves titles and we're like this is who I am and whatever and that and then all of a sudden if I don't feel like I can meet that title then I either self-sabotage or I end up like you know recoiling or whatever and that or or become this person that I'm not right like I throw out this persona and most of us can kind of sniff out who's authentic and who's not authentic and so yeah yeah like it was For sure, though, it took it took a while. Like it wasn't a an overnight thing where I was like, okay, I like you know <laughs> stepping I'm away. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> Not like in the movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm learning even now. Like you know, when I introduce myself or or different things, I I try to use more um, descriptive words in that of who I am. Um, like I you know, that. whether it's like. I'm joyful or I'm caring, I'm kind, I'm gentle to describe who I am. So the other person knows me more as that person, as opposed to the title that I'm trying to carry. I love that so, so much. Uh, yeah. On, on one of the other episodes, I talked to a lady too, and we were talking about titles and how actually she, um, she went from her like job, she had a job and then she quit her job to be a stay at home mom. And then all of a sudden she didn't have a job title anymore. So when people would be like, like, Oh, what do you do? Because that's usually like the first question people ask you, which is like just a shitty question. But I mean, I've asked that people before because you just get in the habit of asking it because it's just socially what you ask. But like, if you think about it, why do we ask that? Like, I don't really give a shit what you do. You know what I mean? Like, who are you as a person would be, you know, like, who are you? What do you like to do? Like, what are your hobbies? That's way more interesting than what you do for work, for sure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that that's really cool. So, so if you reflect back to when you were in those dark times, you were in this unfulfilling career and then like, like where you're at now, like what would you say to people who are in a similar situation where they're like really unfulfilled in their job? Like, like there has to be some kind of light at the tunnel. Like, do you feel happier now? Like what are your feelings and how can other people kind of go through that? Yeah. Like I think, um, I mean, yes, I am, I am way happier and I have, you know, way more days that I'm content and fulfilled. Um, even not necessarily doing something, there's this fulfillment of just being me and that, that has happened, um, sort of in this journey of my, um, self-development, um, growth in that. And so I think like, I mean, I guess I would say to people that who are struggling in that, like um, one, I guess, to give yourself grace and that to realize that, you know, um, I get that we have responsibilities and we, you know, there's bills to pay and there's different things that like, you know, um, that are reality and that. But at the same time, it's it's either just starting small, right? Like it's just like maybe maybe if you're into like even painting or or coloring or something and Mm -hmm. trying something new while you still have the security of your job but it's allowing yourself permission to play I guess in a way Mm -hmm. I think like that's one of the things as adults we tend not to do and we have we don't give ourselves permission to play and so if you're in this season where things are tough and that I have found that like when I give myself permission to play at when 
whatever it is in that, it actually helps me to come out of that um, and focus on something else. Because sometimes when we're in that space and we're only just thinking about it, we only just keep like, you know, mulling over the same feelings and it's hard to dig yourself out of it. Um, Oh, true. So if you're able to kind of do that, and I think like, you know, if you think back to like when you were like four or five years old, where you're curious, where you are like, you know, without it meaning more than it needs to mean. I think that's part of where we give our pressure is that, oh, if I'm going to now go paint in that, I've got to become like, you know, Van Gogh or Monet or something like that. It's like, no, I'm I'm saying you can can finger paint. It can be like super (laughs) ugly and whatever in that. it's, It's so much fun to get your hands dirty and right into it and that right it's taking the pressure off having to be perfect or having to be something beyond it just being an experience that you can enjoy and that's so true I love that that's such great advice and I think like you said it like everything goes back to your childhood so like all of your issues all of the things that you love to do (laughs) like it all goes back to your childhood I've done so much therapy in my life and like every single therapist is like so tell me about your child because that's where all the issues come from. I'm like, okay, this makes right. sense. And then they talk about, yeah. you know, your inner child and stuff. And I've learned so much about that. And it's so, so cool. And it's very true, right? And like, to yeah. your point, the whole like getting in, in touch with what like simple things like painting or things that are just for fun. Like we don't even know how to be have fun anymore. It's crazy. We're like these robots that go to work, come home and like pay bills and die. Like that's awful. Right. Right. That's a terrible way of living. And and the world has so much to offer us and we just don't appreciate it as much in that. And so, yeah, I guess like my encouragement to listeners is like, yeah, to go out and play, like just explore and and be like your four year old, five year old self in that. Get dirty and be okay with it. Yeah, I've been um, I've been working through this book. It's called The Artist's Way. Have you heard of it? Yes. Oh, I love it. That was my favorite book last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I just got yeah. it this year. I'm, I'm only on chap. I finished chapter one. I'm doing it extremely slowly because it's a yeah. lot of like, it's just a lot. It's like therapy in a book. And I'm like realizing yeah. things yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God, this is healing. It's so cool. I didn't know you read it. That's amazing. Did you love it? So good. I loved it. Like it actually, it was, it was pivotal to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing this year and that, and, and I found, um, I think like in my journey, like growing up, I loved art and I love being creative, but yeah we were always told that it was just something you would kind of do. It's a hobby or it's, you know, but you would never, you would never make money out of it or, and there's also just all the different um, shame pieces and that, that are associated with, Oh, an artist is somebody who's maybe loose or like, you know, different things that, you know, like (laughs) it's so weird to think about, but I like, I remember like, you know, like I'm, my mom saying like, you know, you can't be a singer and stuff because like, you know, the things that you would have to do, like, you know, in order yeah. to, to become famous kind of thing. Right. Which I mean, is it is true. There's a lot yeah. of like, if you talk to artists that have I made know. it big, they have things that right. But at the same time. So, yeah. So anyways, I remember then I just pushed like, you know, any artistic thing in that to the side. And that book has been huge for me to dabble back in. I love the morning pages because I love it too. right to journal and just like allow all the thoughts in your head to come through and I would say similar like it was a big huge therapy piece because I would be journaling and then all of a sudden it's like oh this recollection from like you know when I was 11 and it's like oh and then you kind of dig through it and so good though I highly recommend it to everybody oh that's awesome I'm so excited to like I I had such great reviews like when I was I was looking for books on how to increase my creativity generally I find creativity comes easily to me but since I'm working on my strength I'm like how can I strengthen it and that was like the number one most recommended book and it's from the I don't know even from years ago like it's like I think 20 it's like 20 seven years old like it's yeah. not a, it's not a brand new book and that but it's like a book that is like highly highly recommended by yeah everybody. 
Yeah. And so to your point with the morning pages where you just journal, like I had tried journaling in the past and I I just didn't, I didn't connect with journaling. I didn't like it. I thought that it had to be perfect. I thought I had to write something and I would feel like, well, I'm not going to write my true feelings on paper. What if somebody reads that? That's weird. you know. So I felt really bad, like just bad about journaling and this morning pages thing. um, Just in case our listeners don't know, it's just where you write like three pages in the morning when you wake up, whatever's on your brain is not meant to be perfect. It's just basically journaling, um, whatever comes to mind. And it really helped me like actually learn how to journal just in general. And so it's really been helpful for me. I've loved it. Um, so I'm really happy to hear that you've read that book and you found it really helpful. That's awesome. I love it. You have to make sure you have to make sure you do those artist dates. Those are really good too. I yeah. know I need to really yeah. make that a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. it. Yeah. And it's, and it's just fun because you're spending mm-hmm. two hours with yourself trying to be creative. It doesn't have to cost you money and stuff. So it allows you to, to really think outside of the box and stuff, yeah. right? Like, and, and be intentional on spending those two hours by yourself. Yeah. I mean, and just like having fun with it and not going into it. Like, cause before what I would do before I even found this book, I would be like, I'm not going to start painting or start writing or whatever. Cause I, I just don't know what to paint and I, I can probably going to suck at it. And like I had this perfectiony mindset. So then it prevented me from doing a lot of things. Whereas with these like artist dates, it's like, you just pick up a paintbrush and just paint. That's just, just do whatever. You don't have to paint anything, you know, yeah. it is so cool. Yeah. It's yeah. freeing. I know it is. It's it's really good. And I found like by doing the artist way, my dreams are now way more vivid. And mm-hmm. I remember the details so much more. Really? I think because with them, yeah, like I find with the morning pages, because it's almost this brain dump, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. just tossing out the stuff that like, you know, it can be anything from a list of to do's to like, you know, things that were just kind of taking up space in my mind. And yeah. so then allowing it to go on to paper and out of my head. And that has now allowed for all these other things to come through. And they're so much more um, vibrant and they're way, they, they make way more sense as well in that. And so that's been really so cool. cool. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's amazing. So anyone listening, go pick up the artist's way. You can work through it with me. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but I've loved it so far. Um, and Alicia's you've done the whole thing right yeah yeah okay so amazing and you know what I love about it is she says that every human is creative so if you're one of those humans that says that they're not creative well apparently we are born creative individuals and it's just up to you to tap into it so I love it I love the whole concept behind it so it's amazing so I want to ask you Alicia what does what does International Women's Day mean to you For me, in that International Women's Day um, means that we're actually being intentional to acknowledge and celebrate the equality of women. And then especially women in the workplace, women in schools, colleges, universities, in communities, in government, in churches even in in any leadership role that we kind of have, right? And so it's just bringing that awareness to gender bias that actually still is pervasive to this day um, and to really rally together to create a more inclusive society where we can um, level the playing field again kind of thing, right? Like it's, I mean, I I think back to, it kind of reminded me of when I was interviewing for for engineering jobs and that Mm. I was actually asked by one of the interviewers, like, what's my plan when I decide to have a family? Oh my gosh. And (laughs) they wouldn't ask that to a man, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, and so in the moment I was really thrown off by the question. And so I didn't really know how to answer it without kind of getting mad and whatever. And so my, I just kind of asked, well, what do the men say? usually when you ask this question exactly. and that right and yeah and he was kind of like well we we don't ask them that and I'm like well kind of know. weird yeah kind of the problem yeah 
Yeah, but and, and it was just funny because when I had said it, though, I mean, I guess he didn't like my response and stuff because <laughs> I didn't get a call back. <laughs> like, but it was just and, and I'm glad because, I mean, I don't want to work in a place no. that is like that right but yeah. it, it exists out there and stuff right and so especially being in a male dominated field and that mm-hmm. so international women's day makes me excited that we are really acknowledging women and you know wanting to bring the equality level up in that so that we're we're no longer this you know subpar group of people and stuff because we have amazing things to contribute and stuff so totally. i mean yeah. there's like there's like statistics of like you know the more women you can have on boards and that the more productive it is the more efficient it is um it's better run there's better decisions made and like you know it's just i mean i've i've better. been thinking this for a long time so i don't know why nobody else like, like, why is this even a thing? Right. It's so crazy because yeah. I, I, you know, men have their strengths too, but when it comes to like leadership roles though, I think women are just naturally better because we don't just think of, you know, the bottom line, we are considering like the feelings and the emotions and like other things as well as the bottom line, like you can still be a very successful business, make lots of money and also care about human beings. Like it is possible to do both. And I think women are really naturally good at that. And it doesn't really take as much practice for us because of our, just our instincts. I don't know. I think that that's just how we're wired. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I yeah, think women, so more women in leadership roles is what needs to happen <laughs> for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what what are some misconceptions that you've had of other women? Ooh. Um, so I think some probably my biggest misconception of women is just sort of they tend to be cliquey and catty, competitive um, and just, you know, want to tear each other down in that, especially if you're successful and that mm-hmm. like, you know, you're kind of seen as a threat. Mm-hmm. Um and I would say probably a lot of my my perspective is based on, you know, my high school days and stuff and just feeling like how the girls were, were you know, really competitive and um, very exclusive. Right. And you're just kind of like um, everybody was really in it for themselves. And, that, mm-hmm. and so that's sort of where my misconception of sometimes I don't feel like I can trust other women because I mm-hmm. don't know if they're going to backstab me or if there's you know an ulterior motive or an agenda or something like you know and so which is too bad and that because um as much as I would love to say as I've gotten older and like I'm still seeing it in some of my social circles and that Mm. which is too bad yeah Um, but I it's because of the wiring of how we were brought up similarly to think that way. So true. Like every single woman that I've asked this question to, like they all have very similar misconceptions, which is very interesting that we all have these misconceptions, but like also, you know, can we are capable to like overcome them and create better friendships and better perspectives and stuff like that. But you're right. They all do kind of start from school and like just that whole environment. Like, I don't know any woman who went through school and just was was not bullied or was not gossiped about or like didn't have a negative experience that formed a misconception about women in general. And like, I don't, I don't know if men have struggled with the same thing, but I don't think maybe to this degree, cause it's, it, it's very prevalent in, in, you know, young, young girls and growing up like that and stuff. And so a lot of the misconceptions I've been hearing have been very similar and yeah, it's crazy to think that we just grow up thinking that that's just how other women are. And so how have you been able to move past this misconception? 
Um, I would say sort of the first time, like I really felt a change in this perspective would have been actually starting to follow Rachel Hollis and attending her rise conference. Um, I think like, you know, regardless of if you're a fan of Rachel or not and stuff and that, like, I think one of the things that she and her team did really well was foster community of women, like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that I've never felt before. And that like, you know, like you're in this room with thousands of women and literally like, I don't know, feeling like you can relate and you're same. And, you know, even though we have different stories in that, but there's so much similarity that mm-hmm. that bonds us. Um, and so, yeah, like that's where I first felt like, you know, where women were actually supporting other women um, without any ulterior um, motives or yeah. I was trying to get something out of you or, you know, kind of thing. And so like it was, it was ne- it never felt fake or that it was out of false pretenses and that like mm-hmm. it was super genuine. And that was sort of the first time I experienced it. And then it just gave me hope that that can exist. Yeah. Like that is yeah. something that's possible. And it's something that we should all be striving for. Like, why are we not lifting up other women, other sisters and that, that, you know, because there's, there's so much power when we all rise as opposed to us trying to break down each other and beat each other down or like, you know, kind of thing. Right. So true. Yeah. I can, I, I can totally relate to that too, because you're right. When we were in that um, conference, that was really the first time I've ever heard anyone talk about, you know, like how, how much the same we actually are and all of the activities that they did, like where you would like the, the stand for your sister thing where, you know, everybody checks off what they've been through, hard things they've been through in their life. And then we all stand up like for, for each situation. And then you look around and you realize like how many people actually have felt, you know, anxiety or depression or suffered a miscarriage or all of these big things. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really moving thing to put it into perspective. And I think that's really what changed my perspective too. And it's kind of crazy because it really wasn't, it was like two or three years ago. So, I mean, the fact that we went that long, you know what I mean? Like thinking these misconceptions and then all, all it took was Rachel Hollis to come in and be like, no, like, do this instead. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense. This is cool. And like you said, it gave you, it gave us hope to be like, okay, well maybe, maybe then all women are not this one way. And it really, it opened my eyes too to that. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really, it really was a, like it was, it was such an, uh, such an experience that I had never had before. And Mm -hmm. it definitely left a a lasting impression and has now like, you know, um, yeah, changed my, changed my outlook on that, that we need to be like, you know, raising each other up instead of yeah. each other down. Yeah. And I find too, like the more authentic you're able to be yourself, like even just showing up on social media or just the more authentic and comfortable you are with yourself, then I found that you just attract more like-minded people who are like, yeah, like, I like what you stand for. I like like how your mind works and stuff. And then you kind of just attract the right tribe to you as opposed to, you know, being insecure about who you are and trying to like fit in with everybody else. And then all of a sudden you wind up with these friends who are like gossipy or like mean and and stuff like that. And the more you're yourself, the more you're going to attract people who are more similar to you. It's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what's the best piece of advice that you can offer other women? I think my best advice would be to just really live your life to its fullest. And that like, you know, because we are here for a limited time, um, you don't want to be wasting it doing something that you don't love, um, especially if it's out of obligation or responsibility mm-hmm. or or whether for disappointment and all those things. Um, I mean, I'm often asked if I regretted leaving my engineering career after all those years. 
And my response has been like time and time again is I only wish I had done it earlier. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's such a good answer, Alicia. <laughs> so like, true. It's like, you know, it's so true. It, yeah. Like, like, and so, so I think like, you know, I want others, like the listeners here and that, like, if you are in a dark spot in your career and you're feeling stuck and you're feeling like, you know, um, that there's no way out or that, you know, you're just, you're feeling suffocated in that, that, yeah, like it, it's time to at least explore what are some of the other things that you want to do or want to try and stuff, right? Like, um, yeah. And I think my other piece would be just you know, in along the same lines in that is just to not be afraid to try new things, like to always be curious. Um, you know, if one thing doesn't work out and that be okay with trying something else, like it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a certain way in that it's giving yourself permission and that to really just embrace trying new things. Cause that's the only way you're going to be able to know if it works for you or if it doesn't doesn't work for you and that so I love yeah. that yeah that is such great advice and I love that you give that advice but you also live that advice yourself one of my top values is authenticity and I just think you are so authentic and that's what I love about you among many other things <laughs> but I just love that because like you did do that and so it gives you the privilege to be able to say that because you've lived it and you are living it and I think that that is definitely the key and I'm very passionate about you know like be careful who you take advice from because like you said a lot of people can call themselves you know whatever they want to call themselves but like at the end of the day are they actually living proof of that yes or no because you only want to be taking advice from people who are living proof of that so I love that that's such great advice and uh, I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners so where can people find and connect with you Oh, for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at um, Ha. Um, I actually have joined forces with a group of ladies in that um, called Ignite in Community. And so every month in that, I drop um, two videos. And my topic is around um, sort of on, a, I've been on a weight loss journey in that. And so a lot of that is um, is captured in these videos and so it's called carbs and mirrors and so Amazing. that is out um yeah but usually like on instagram is where you'll usually find me um kind of playing in that area so awesome well i'm definitely going to link your contact information below because i know that a lot of our listeners have gotten inspired by your story and so if they want to reach out to you i'm gonna let them know how to do that because you're such an amazing person and you're just so down to earth and like helpful where like approachable and helpful and you know i think that a lot of people that you know they they struggle and they don't know how to get started on their on their journey and stuff and and when they see people like you actually living it I think that it's the most inspirational ever so I love it so much so thank you Alicia for being a guest on my podcast I'm so so grateful and I just love having you I love I love chatting with you all of the time you're amazing you always offer so much great advice and wisdom so thank you so much Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk soon. Bye. Awesome. Thanks. Bye.